Welcome to Give Me the Tip Podcast. Amanda and Nira here, and it's podcast time. Proclaimed by the Upper Kirby community as number one podcast to listen to while sipping martinis. Southside, Edo, Fifth Ward, Hillcroft voted best interracial podcast. Critically acclaimed best podcast on a green couch. River Oaks District names them queens on stripping down life. Galleria Herald, number one show discussing life while drinking vodka. Loving life, stripping layers, giving the tip. Welcome to the house of Amanda and Nira. Entrepreneurs, philanthropists, mothers, and fuckers. Mm, just take the tip. Just take the tip. Hello, hello. When it's good, it's good. This week, we wrap up our discussion with our good friend and mentor, Mr. Michael David Riley, a.k.a. MD. He's a public speaker, podcaster, entrepreneur, and award-winning brand strategist. If you haven't already, make sure you go back and listen to part one and two. You won't be disappointed. We hope you enjoy today's episode and that you have a marvelous day, my darling. Cheers. One of my biggest triggers for me is the word sorry. In what way? When somebody says, sorry, mm. I'm so sorry this happened. I'm so sorry I did this. I'm so sorry that you felt, I'm so I didn't mean to, I, I'm sorry, but whatever the sorry yeah. is. That's just the word. Show me your right. sorrow. Don't tell me you're sorry because, right. and don't repeat it. Now you're not sorry about something if you repeat it. That means you were just, it's just, the word just became an excuse. You're just sorry that your habit got exposed. The word sorry just became an excuse to keep that current situation at bay or like, I'm so sorry, that forgive me. Okay. But when you repeat it, were you sorry? Mm -hmm. No, it was just an excuse. Right. Right. You didn't show me, you didn't change, nothing is different, but you keep using the word sorry as an excuse. And that is one of my triggers, even with my own son and anything, even with business, whatever, anything. You fucking say sorry to me, you better fucking be sorry. I better never see that again. Uh, you better show me that will never repeat again. Otherwise, you just use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. And I just, just it, it is truly one of my triggers, the word sorry. Most people are in a, a short-term reaction mode. That's why yeah. their lives are always perpetually up and down. Because they're not thinking long-term. I mean, right. we, we're, most people make decisions in a defensive state. Um, curl up in a corner feeling threatened absolutely or whatever yeah. and or if somebody was caught because of a behavior now right that they feel, now if you were never caught would you feel sorry right would you feel bad but you got caught on something now what that, that kind of stuff i just don't understand i can't wrap my head around it and i just don't get it well, i get it but yeah. i don't get it that's where i i uh you know even in business when you hire people you're gonna you're gonna be based on an intuition uh, what you read on a resume, a gut feeling, intuition, ask, yeah. But you're only going to know what somebody's real value is based on the problems they solve. In well, actions. which is you're only going to know anyone's value is on their actions, right? When you actually see it, mm-hmm. you can hear it, you can read it, but when you see it, is when you're really going to know. That's why I like adversity in relationships. Mm-hmm. I look for that. I look for those opportunities. You know, the the parable: uh, strong winds make strong trees. Um, you're going to see strong winds make strong another trees. one-liner. <laughs> 
that I you're going to listen to this like 10 times <laughs> one-liners you're going to see in relationships when when shit really gets down to the nitty-gritty because the really, really the when whole shit point, hits the fan yeah it's not my one-liner I mean, honestly I, let's I think about, about a relationship that. what do we really want we want support when things get hard right we want somebody to be there by our side and go when you're going through shit i'm here with you now, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to make it harder for you, but I'm going to be here for you if you need me to be. But you're talking about deal a partner your in your yes. life? Okay. Yes. Uh, but ideally, we look for relationships for that person to make us happy. I mean, how many people look at uh, the romantic movies? They look for the storyboard, the, the, the storybook. They look for the fairy tale. They look for the wedding, but not the marriage, right? Because we look at what the actual relationship <laughs> The wedding, is. but not the marriage. Yeah. So, true. <laughs> yeah. so fucking true. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, oh my God, this is what I yeah. want. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Let's be real here. Stop getting married, Michael David. <laughs> because ultimately people have an idea of marriage that it's going to be solving something in them. Mm-hmm. That was mine, right? That was the ideology created for me or created for me when I was younger. Um, that marriage was kind of the, it's the, uh, the pinnacle in life is mm-hmm. to find a spouse, a partner to live life with, have children, but you're not really, old with. Yeah. But how do you do that? I can't tell you how many people I've talked to over the years that have been married 30, 40, 50 years. And I always ask them, what, honestly, what is it that has brought you to 50 years of marriage? Because it's not the same dick. You know that. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just saying it's not. It has to be something more than just that. Well, duh. I'm just, what the fuck? What's wrong with that? I'm just saying it's not the same dick. So what is, what is Lord it? have mercy. It is. It is. You're it welcome. Is, it, I knew this is going to be. I knew this is going to be this. We're doing so good. Huh, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm just talking my truth. But you know, when you deal with conflict, so people either have this fight or flight mentality, you know, behavior pattern based on they face conflict, because people are not assured in themselves, and it, it, generational. It's different. Yeah, uh, for, for sure. Our great grandparents and our grandparents it is today. Relationships are more disposal disposable mm-hmm. because we we're, out, we're we're kind of almost preconditioned this way to you know if things aren't working out you bail mm-hmm. right because hold on to your own it's boundaries. the culture of our you. shit yeah. yeah where we want somebody to be dependable in our lives and and again this is where relationships have a skewed perception of value to what we need in life people look at relationships with someone else as the important as the most important relationship the most important relationship in life is the one we have with ourselves. Oh, absolutely. 100% is within yourself. And you cannot be a whole partner for somebody if you're looking for them to be your missing piece. Right. Mm-hmm. You must be whole in yourself. It is not your job, Nira, to complete somebody else. This Jerry Maguire fantasy of you completely mm-hmm. bullshit mm-hmm. is what sets people up from the get for divorce. Because you're looking at it as your solution. Yeah. When the solution is your own shit, mm-hmm. you've got to first recognize and go, I am an imperfect person, which is okay though. But everybody is. Mm-hmm. But most people don't want to admit Submit that they that. have yeah. faults, that they have gaps, that they have hurts, they have scars, they have a life of baggage that they're wanting right. to deal with. And when we all come into relationships in any capacity, we're coming into it with all this baggage going, I need you to accept me for all this shit that you don't know about yet. <laughs> But here's the problem. When something happens and we're triggered, we blame them. How dare you right. trigger that in me? Well, how the fuck am I supposed to know that when you've got it all in all these suitcases over a lifetime? But what do you mm-hmm. say when that person is the one that's put that shit in your life and they still trigger it? Then what? 
And they're not changing or they're whatever the, triggers me is my responsibility. Okay. But you're with that person and that person is still doing stuff knowing these are your triggers. Maybe they don't realize it, but they are your triggers. Then what, what do you do? Do you have to keep telling them, Hey, Hey, and this is the person that you've committed to. This is the person that you are in a relationship with, or you want to be with, but they still continue to give you these triggers. Is it so? Is it my job to say? Or not? I'm saying not being personally. I'm just saying, is it that person's job to say I'm out, or is that the safe way, or is that not being committal? Like, do you keep saying, "Hey, this is a trigger. I'm communicating with you. You did this in our on our relationship. Stop doing this. This has to end. You need to change." Let's say they change. They're like, "Okay, got it. One month, two months, three months, maybe a year. Fucking shit comes back again." What do you do? Do you keep holding on? Do you just say, I'm out? Do you give them another chance? What do you do? When somebody is in a, in a state- I, I know a lot of friends, yeah. in, even including myself in that situation, like, what do you do? So this is a, a and again, I'm going to look, I'm going to come at this with a real practical approach. Mm-hmm. So if somebody in a relationship, whether romantic or even in business, and uh, this person is a consistent source of pain and trouble- and after multiple attempts of expressing your behaviors right now are very problematic to the health of either myself or this relationship. Mm-hmm. Let me share with you what has been happening and can we discuss it? Because some of your behaviors have been causing a lot of problems, a lot of hurts. And I don't, so and, you do all that, then what? Yes. You go so, to therapy, you discuss it, you open communication, you're doing all of it. If the person does not want to change, they don't see a problem in where they are, then you now realize you, you are misaligned in values. Core values as a human, that's what you want to align. Now, people that are, you don't have to be completely equal, but if you're aligned in outlook in your relationship. Sure. I do not want to be the source of your pain, but I know you're going to trigger me. When those triggers happen, let's talk about them. And yes, I I would love for you to be sensitive to them, but I do have to heal them on my own. If the other person doesn't give a shit, they're going to continually do the things without having any responsibility to that relationship. They're not, they don't want to be in the relationship in the first place. That is an ownership mentality because they're not wanting to take so ownership, ownership of who inta- them, uh, okay. they're not wanting to take ownership of themselves, but they're certainly going to throw the blame and put the ownership on you. Mm-hmm. Right? So if that's the case, a relationship is about a, a balance and shared responsibility mm-hmm. of who we are as people. And in that intimate relationship as a romantic sense, that if one is giving all the attention and the respect and uh, acknowledging and communication, the other one just doesn't give a shit. And you have to reevaluate, are we where we want to be in life? Because if not, this is not serving me. Mm-hmm. Because it's bringing out the best in me or the worst in me while you're allowed to just live your best version of yourself without zero accountability. If you don't want to address and fix that, then this relationship is not going to work. That is a healthy boundary you, you set. But that's clear communication. By it's communication. Yourself. It's communication and setting boundaries and respecting each other enough to respect those boundaries. Now, many people, and I've learned with people, uh, we're but not- When you have that communication and both are like, yes, I totally agree. Yes, we'll do it. And then it repeats itself. Well, then you have to express and say, look, these are the behaviors that I have found that are, you may not realize are actually hurtful to you, but they're very hurtful to me. And when you do or say these things, they make me feel like I'm not worthy. They make me feel like I'm not- that I don't matter to you, um, a myriad of, of expressions that you make. If that person has an ounce of decency and compassion, realizes that their behaviors 
are causing that to the very person that they committed their love to, and they don't want to fix their own issues, they have a lot bigger issues to face. Sure. Absolutely agree. And that yeah. is, maybe it's a separation, mm-hmm. but it has to be an to alignment of core it, values see, yeah. as, as humans. We are not, nobody is meant to be somebody else's punching bag because you just don't want to deal with your bullshit. That's being my mm-hmm. biggest uh, line, punching bag. Mm-hmm. Don't ever make me your punching bag. Mm-hmm. The moment you do and they say, sorry, and it's all good. Okay. But now you just, and I just forgave you, which I'm fine with, but you yeah. just made, I've said this many times, you just set a standard. So, you know, you can push me to this limit and I'll forgive you. Now you're going to push it another limit. Mm. I'll forgive you. Now you're going to push it another limit. At what point do I stop saying enough? So there's a lot of people out there that are going through so much. Even me personally, even with, it doesn't matter what relationship it is with this romantic business or your child, whoever it is, or your parents, family, whatever it is. At one point do you say enough? Because that word sorry doesn't work anymore. The communication doesn't work anymore. My punching bag, I've allowed, I, and it's my fault because I've allowed it to go to this point. Because mm-hmm. once I said, you, I've said this so many times, when you cross this line, when you've done this, that means in your mind, you're going to, you know, how much further you can fuck with me. Yeah. And the other person's always like, no, never, 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 never. But it always happens. It fucking always happens. And I know this through so much experience. I'm like, it's going to happen. Because I just forgave you and I'm allowing it now. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Now what do you do? You have to at some point. Yeah. You got to at some point separate yourself. Like you can't just. I mean, I I can't be emotional about it. The other person is so emotional about it. But I'm like, but you project. Now you're projecting on me. Like you're making me feel like I'm the one that did something wrong. When all this happened. At the end of the day, because I fucking you, you know, whether it's power, you know, it's, it's, it's like the bottom yeah. line is, is you, mm-hmm. you cause these problems. My reaction, my sadness, my emotional is because of what the fuck you did. Mm-hmm. End of the day is what the fuck you did. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to take ownership on that and you don't want to recognize that, then get the fuck out. But enough is enough. Every relationship goes through that honeymoon phase, Right. Um, every, every relationship, no matter yeah. what, what type what of relationship, is, yeah, yeah, whatever type of relationship it is. And about correct. three to five year period, and we talk about romantic relationships specifically, is when the chemical within our brains change, mm-hmm. and you go from the honeymoon phase to the power to the power stage. That's when you start to deal with ego, right? That's when the paint starts to fall off the white flags, correct? Um, you begin to really see somebody's true intentions who they based are. on their yes, actions. Truly agree their with that. Habits based on who they've been for so long. They were peacocking the politician mm-hmm. for a long time mm-hmm. by being who they they felt that they needed to be for you. Mm-hmm. But then when situations began to happen and they had to become their authentic self, they couldn't hide it anymore. That's when you begin to realize who that person truly is. That's why I love adversity in relationships because it's going to give you the chance to a see how they're going to respond to those moments of crisis. Because that's going to give you a really good gauge also for yourself, how you respond to them. And how do, you re- how do you respond to that individual in that moment of crisis as well? If we lash out, we blame. That means we're also avoiding the, the, uh, the responsibility of, A, why did I end up in this relationship? Or B, why am I so reactive to this? When this is their own behavioral trait. Right. So if this is familiar to something else that happened in my life, then clearly that's revealing to me now that I never healed from it. 
Yeah. So I'm now going to look at this situation. We're going to talk about this with you, but I'm also going to now go to look at myself and why was this now, why is this unhealed? This mm-hmm. is a great revelation for me. That's why, I le- you know, adversity is a, a, a great testament because whether it's an athlete or in a relationship and within ourselves, these are revelation, these are revelationary moments. It could be suburban mom. It could yes. be a dad that works mm-hmm. 18 hours a day. You know, it doesn't matter what, what your situation is but it matters how you communicate and what you're doing. And, and that projection is what really is bothersome. Like, why are you projecting who you are onto me when I'm no, I'm not that person whatsoever, mm-hmm. but you're making me feel that way. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I've seen a lot and I've seen it in the last like year is when you bring religion into it or you bring God into it. And I'm like, Self-righteous. okay, that is a load of donkey dick shit. God did not tell you to do this. Um, you're, you know, in, 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 our, in our culture, Brahman did not tell you to do this. He's not advising you to do this. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it, yes, you have a higher spirit that you conform to, that you rely on, that you, that you hope for and you pray, you pray to, yeah. um, that gives you strength, but doesn't tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Doesn't tell you what to do. Faith is a choice. Correct. Absolutely. Well, I totally agree with that. And our choice is based on how it serves us, mm-hmm. right? And who we aspire to be in our life. This vision of, of who we envision ourselves to be at our most peak state, but we never want to look at ourselves in our worst moment, in right. our worst state either. That's where I actually love to see myself. Actually, um, I just had that conversation with my son two days ago, literally, we literally had a big heart to heart because he has seen me in my worst and I have taken it out on him and he has taken a lot of stuff out on me. And we talked about it because it's just one of those moments where I mean, obviously he's 16. I'm a little bit older. Not that oh, much. He's almost 17, almost 17. That's true. Next month. And I'm You're just like a little bit older. Right? Yeah. You know, whatever. And a half. I mean like we're both the young kids, you know, having a good time. <laughs> But we did. I knew in my in my mind that I needed to have this conversation because there's one more year left. He's going to go to college, and I needed to make sure that he knew that shit can happen. Yeah. And it wasn't about you, but it was about me. Yeah. It was me, and we it's just me and him. It's twenty four seven, just me and him. So I was trying to tell him it was about me, nothing to do with you. Yeah. And if I took it out on you, then you know, shit on me. And that's this awesome. happens several times. But that's know? awesome that you yeah. actually have that conversation. Yeah. yeah a lot yeah, of for parents sure, because won't. at the end of the my day, my parents didn't. Yeah. My, my parents my, definitely yeah. didn't. And I'm trying yeah. to be the complete opposite, not opposite. I learned a lot from my parents, obviously, but I definitely want to be a different type of parent. Too often parents think they have to be perfect, this perfect image for their children. And the, definitely. The, 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 greatest <laughs> gift, well, the greatest gift is actually show what it means to be human. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I Very talk- different than how I was raised. Yeah. Like even my parents still, I love my parents to death. They're like my best friends. But even today they look at me like, uh, and I'm like, this is how we are. Mm-hmm. This is the way we are mother, son, but best of friends. Yeah. And I mean, like I, the way I talk to my friends, the way I talk to everybody, like the way I talk to you, he can sit here all day long and he can hear it. There's nothing that I'm ever going to hide from him. The one thing I've always told him is Truth. And honesty, you know, and um, he's never going to hear this podcast. I'm just going to say this out loud. Um, I just wondering. So I went through his phone once, like last week, and there was literally fucking nothing on it. And I was like, "What the fuck, Nira? Get it together! Like this is a great fucking kid. Like stop yeah. it." Yeah. I just what because he was going, and I just 
told myself that it's fucking hormones. It's hormones. It's fine. And even he recognized it. And he came the next day and he was like, look, well, I'm so sorry. Like I just was being a dick. Literally his words, I was being a dick and I shouldn't have been a dick. And I'm like, it's okay. And then he said he was hangry. And then there's where, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. liar. Oh, so you're hangry. liar. Hangry. You're just saying sorry. Cause you're hungry. He's like, mama feed me. Yeah, pretty much. I, that's awesome though. I love that. I think with all relationships, no matter what type of relationship it is, it's communication it is and communication. learning how to communicate with others. Line, it has to be that communication. And that, and when you communicate and what are you saying to each other? Live up to it. Like, you know, just live yeah. up to but it. But it's also with communication as a skill. Oh, it's a skill. Yeah, yeah. So like reading books, taking classes, going to some, like things like that to learn how to truly communicate with people. Absolutely. I can be a total Getting game advice, changer. Listening to other people's other stories. Like you're not the only one that's going through here. You know, we talk about this all the time on the podcast. We're here to do it because we want to let you know you're not the only one going through this. We all are there's somebody out there that's going through the same thing that you're going through. Don't feel like you're alone and don't think you're the only one. And what can we do to help our position on give me the tip on our podcast? Give me the tip is what can we do to help? How can we help or advice because of we're sharing our own life stories Mm -hmm. and we bring on people like Michael David and a lot more other guests that will be on um, in the future is to share those stories is to be, the word that I can't say, vulnerable. <laughs> That's pretty good. You're getting good. Have you been practicing in the mirror? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. With those big voluptuous lips. <laughs> so can you so handle the, 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 the tip? The tip of the week is believe what someone shows you, not what they are just saying. That's the real truth. Like the saying goes, actions speak louder than words. And communication is king. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or message us at Give Me the Tip Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We want to hear from you. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We can take it all. Listen every Thursday to enjoy the train wreck.